What's going on? And welcome into your favorite podcast in the world. It's the That Being Said podcast with your boy, Sammy. And me, George Erzur. And we're coming at you recorded and direct from the Sun Hub. Episode 580. Uh, it is uh, Monday afternoon right now. We're in the middle of the Monday Night Football game. Uh, we went game by game. And actually this week, we talked about it being a dumpster fire before the week started. Turned out that... There's a little bit of a storyline in every single game. Yeah, you'll like this podcast. There's so much stuff to talk about. Uh, just listen to it. You'll love it. Wow, that was that was very enticing. Well, that's what just I, well, I, to I, I, I don't want to give too much away. There's you, not much you to give. You got, you got, you got to listen. George thinks everything in life has to be like a, a teaser headline. It does. It doesn't need to be. For me, it does. This ain't no sports center bullshit. You know what I'm saying? No, I know. But I don't know what to say. I just could recap my whole podcast. Again. Amazing week. Uh, for those that like the Seahawks or like Seattle sports, we do have a Seattle podcast. We're recording right now after this. It's going to be at the end of this long podcast or separately on just the Seattle pod, um, which you can find on the same feed. You can also find us at sonsports.com, S-O-N-T sports.com. And for those that always wonder what stands for, it's sports on tap. All right, so you can call sports on tap. You can say Sant sports whatever you'd like, but it's Sant Sports, S-O-N-T-Sports.com to find all our social media and find all our articles and all our different podcasts. So go check that out. Um, happy Monday. Happy episode 580. And George, this is Sports on Tap and this is Sports Radio. Redefined. Enjoy the pot. All right. Happy Monday, George. Happy uh, Monday to you. Let's get this thing rolling. Um, we're starting off Thursday night football. Let's get it rolling, 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 rolling. Just get it rolling. Who this sings guy. that? Uh, I forgot his name. Kid Rock, I think. Kid Rock. Is, no. is it Kid Rock who sings that? No, it's... Uh, come on. Blink-182? No, that's not who it is either. <laughs> it's... Uh, He's like a white rap. He's not white, I think. He's a rapper. He sings like the, the aggressive raps. Uh, I, I don't know the name. Limp Biscuit. There, there we go. Limp Biscuit. What happened to Limp Biscuit now? You know what happened to him? Probably watching the 49ers and Cardinals on Thursday night. Well, you know, you know really, I, I, I'm going to talk about this for one second about Limp Biscuit since we're, we're on the subject. And, you know, this is the only time he's ever been on the podcast and the only time we'll talk about it. I'll reach out to him about sports are funny. I do want to know where he is. But where Limp Biscuit, if you actually think about the name, how inappropriate. Why? I'm you look up one day what a limp biscuit is and then uh we'll go from there. Like it's pretty sexual and pretty uh pretty bad. So, but yeah, to the Arizona Cardinals, are you going to tell say it on the podcast cuz it's probably better not to. It's uh rated R for the kids listening at home. If you have the kids in the car, fast forward what a limp biscuit is. It's a limping dog. No. Okay. We'll just uh, we'll move on from That's this. That's what it is. Uh, it, there, there's a sexual innuendo. Is named after a crippled limping dog of thirst. Oh, the most he was coined that he accidentally named this, not knowing what it meant. Oh, really? He didn't know what it meant. Apparently. Okay. Then, yeah, I'd hope he didn't know what it means because <laughs> it's pretty sexual. 
and pretty bad, to say the least. But Sammy's like going oh. down the rabbit hole of what Olympics. It's for do. somebody that ejaculates onto a cookie. Yeah, because it's like on a biscuit in England. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I know. So, huh. interesting. This is this is why you listen to this podcast for insightful information about what a limp biscuit is. That is why. That's the two minutes and thirty well, seconds I, of your life. And obviously, it's not about betting advice because our bets have been shit. Yeah, been pretty bad actually. <laughs> um, and you know why? It's because the NFL has been actually quite odd. A lot of the, a lot of favorites play like underdogs, and a lot of underdogs play like favorites in differentiating weeks. Um, and it's actually, if you go through it, it's it's pretty remarkable how much that's happened. Absolutely. Um, we're not going to talk about the Seahawks until the end of this. So if you're in a, we go order game to game. If you listen to this before, you should know that. And the Seahawks aren't going to be until the end because it's going to be part of our Seattle podcast, but we'll have a longer part about the Seahawks all the way at the end of this podcast. But in the meantime, we're going to start with Thursday, go to the London game, and move forward throughout the night. We're not definitely not going to London, but we'll be going to the London game. I will not go to London. I've been to London for a game. All right, Halloween on George's birthday. We had 49ers. Was that a, was that, was that a humble brag there? What? I like that. I've been in London for a game. I, I like did. it. It wasn't a humble brag. You said we're not going to London. I said I know. I've been to London. <laughs> not a humble brag. Uh, 49ers at Cardinals. We had a... Jimmy Garoppolo throws four TDs, and they win again. The only undefeated team left, George. Yep. Um, probably the best game Jimmy Garoppolo's played as, well, at least this year as a 49er. I, I got to go look at his stats from when he came in at the end of his season two years ago. Obviously, last year he left, you know, I think week three with a torn ACL. So, And I remember they were one and one, and he didn't quite have any games like this. But this could be the best game of the Jimmy Garoppolo era in San Francisco, and it's kind of... It shows this team for the first time where they had to actually win by throwing the football and they were able to do it. And, you know, especially highlighted on that third down late in the game where I think it was third and 11 and the Arizona Cardinals had to, if they got, if they got the stop, the Arizona Cardinals would have gotten the ball back with a chance to win the game. And Jimmy Garoppolo had to scramble outside the pocket, find a, a guy and make a good throw to get the first down. And, uh, I'm not here to say that Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but I'm here to say that Jimmy Garoppolo looks like if he they can rely on him at times to make the throws to win the football game. He's definitely not. Um, could he be the 12th best quarterback in the NFL at times? Yeah, he can be about the 12th best quarterback. I don't. I'm not necessarily ready to put him in the top 10. I. This game was much more dominant than the score. It's 28-25. to 25. Yeah. Arizona did make a little comeback and almost won that game. And my only, I guess, quote-unquote concern of an 8-0 team that hasn't lost and the only team that's left undefeated. So this is not in any way a, like a slur. Yeah, you're, you're, you're nitpicking now. Yeah, this is a nitpick. Is the fact that, one, the schedule has been predominantly pretty easy. And this is another win against maybe an l- inferior opponent that's not too... Great. And I say this as a guy that is a big Seattle Seahawks fan who's going to say the same thing about the Seahawks who go against inferior opponents Mm -hmm. or so-called inferior opponents and don't win by much, which could be a bad sign for the playoffs. Or you're just one of those teams that have close games and you, you win them out. But the 49ers have not played too many tough games and they inch them out. Uh, I mean, 
their their toughest game is against the Rams or the Panthers. The Panthers are barely five hundred. Also, yep. Um, so it hasn't been this this grueling schedule of any sort. I think that them and the Seahawks have two of the top five hardest upcoming mm-hmm. schedules for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, uh, you can say like you at Ravens, Packers, the- Seahawks, Seahawks again, Rams, Saints. N- not an easy schedule. I mean, out of those games. And the Cardinals, you could say it's a losable game, right? You could say that. They almost only lost. Yeah. Yeah. But in general, the Seahawks, Packers, Ravens, Saints, Rams, Seahawks, all are losable games. I mean, they're not going to lose them all, most likely. But they're all, those are really tough games. And they'd be lucky out of those six games against really good teams to go three and three. Yeah. And that's where I'm not so sold yet. And by not sold yet, once again, they have like a ninety percent chance of making the playoffs unless they lose seven, unless they go one in seven the rest of the way, right? If, so basically, if they beat the Falcons in Week fourteen and win lose one other every game. other game, and no, even if they lose every other game, they might make the playoffs. Might so nine, nine and seven is probably not going to get it in the NFC this year. But my point is, as long as they don't go like zero and eight for the rest of the year, they're going to make the playoffs. Now I could see this, and I want I want to say this one carefully. This could be. This reminds me a lot of like the Chicago Bears. Once you get to the playoffs, you're gonna have probably they'll lose their first game. Is how I feel like, and they're just gonna be out. Minus the fact that they do have a quarterback that's not a Mitch Trubisky. But I think this is kind of this is like the Ravens, like the Bears. You don't do it on your first year. You're gonna go to the playoffs, probably lose, and then next year should be the the bigger year. You're seeing that from the Ravens. You're not seeing it from the Bears because Trubisky has decreased, but. You're not going to win your first year. Right. And I think what you're trying to say here is not necessarily that they're like the Bears, that they're good this year and next year they'll be bad. I think what you're saying is like the Bears last year, they were not, they're not, yeah, they're a really good team, but in the first run, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. But the and difference. They, the record was very. Was a bit by from, up, the, yeah. from the schedule yeah, that they and had. And that's very fair. But um, unlike the Bears, I think I'm sold on their future. Even though there a lot of bear-like stuff this year, yeah, and you know I I'm sold on their future as well. But I'm gonna say this one thing that I've learned a lot. Um, I've learned this from you a lot more than anyone is that these runs don't last yeah. very long. It's not, it's not always easy. Oh, the Chiefs are gonna win five Super Bowls with Mahomes. That we're seeing this year. Mahomes are hurt in this second year. Yeah, as a starter. they might not make an AFC Championship. Although we yeah. thought they might be the the. Super Bowl favorite this year. Yep. All of a sudden, everyone this year is going to be like the Ravens. Lamar Jackson's going to win three Super Bowls. All of a sudden, you don't know what's going to happen. Deshaun Watson takes the league by storm every single season, but it seems like by the end of the year, they lose in the playoffs, and we get kind of the same team the right. next year. They're kind of good, and then they might lose in the playoffs. So Can't disagree there. I, don't, I, I am sold on their future, correct. Mm-hmm. But let's not be quick to jump to conclusions that this is going to be the Patriots 2.0 or the Seahawks with Russell Wilson. Because yeah. Garoppolo's not on the Russell Wilson level. Right. He's good, but, but he's not great. But I do two things I'm going to say with that, and this is not an indication that I think Jimmy Garoppolo will ever be the quarterback that Russell Wilson is. But one, I believe in his sec. this is his first full year as a starter in the NFL. In his first full year as a starter, he's, was, he's farther along than... Russell Wilson was in his first year as a starter, but 
one of them was a seven-year veteran and one of them was a rookie. So you can't really make that uh, compare. One of them also yeah, like yeah, played behind Tom Brady. Yeah, and exactly. Some spot so, games. But, 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 Russell's first season was very one of the best. Actually, he was one of the best, best rookie. ever for first eight seasons. Yeah, career, so. exactly. And, and number two, I really believe in their head coach. And obviously their defense is great, but then as the team gets better, people want to want to get get off lower deals and get paid more. Who knows if that course stays forever? But I do really believe in Kyle Shanahan as a head coach. I do too. Um, once again, though, I'm gonna say one more thing because I with the 49ers, I wasn't so sold before the year. I'm obviously sold now, but I'm gonna stick to some of my core beliefs, which mm-hmm. is. You know, last year, all of a sudden, we're salivating over, uh, what's his name? Sorry, Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. Dude, could be better than Belichick. Okay, well, now they've dropped down to earth once they have to start mm-hmm. paying people and the running back's overpaid True. and the quarterback's not as good as we thought. So, is Shanahan great? I think so, Is especially because he comes from a father who is a pretty great coach. Yeah, um, Super Bowl winning coach. But uh, let's not... I heard something the other day on Colin Cowherd show where he's like, we went into the season thinking Sean McVay was the best coach in, in the NFC West. Turns mm. out it's Kyle Shanahan. Like, well, it's Pete Carroll. Yeah. So this is, what, <laughs> so, this is where I'd like, like to say like, let's relax for a second. Yeah. Right. Like, no, like Kyle Shanahan is not the best coach in the NFC West. Actually, he's probably the third best coach. Because, I, I think he's the second best coach, okay. but I mean, it, it, this Once is all again, semantics. But we're, we're talking, Resume Cliff Kingsbury. That's like me trying to tell you because of what I believe in Cliff Kingsbury. He's the best coach in NFC. Yeah, Realistically, it's Pete Carroll, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and then I'm talking about. Is this a, is this the best coaching division in the NFL? I don't know because I don't not 100 cents. I don't know but yet. Yeah, me either. Like, but Cliff I Kingsbury. I do, I, I kind of like Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, we didn't say anything about the Cardinals here. Uh, Good season. Uh, th- I mean, I'm, well, I mean, th- we did. I just started talking about. Yeah, that. I guess, well, that was transition. my transition to that. Um, good season. Uh, they're, they're not going to make the playoffs, but if you told me at this point of a the season they'd be three, five, and one, and be one of the more entertaining teams in the NFL, I'd say yeah, they've exceeded expectations. You know what? I told uh, Kyler Murray's going to be a starter in the NFL, um, and maybe Josh Rosen fucking sucks. Maybe because <laughs> they moved off of him, and the team got much better, and then he can't even. Get on a what one, one, of a, one of the worst teams in the history of NFL. They're not even willing to. They're willing to tank, but they're not willing to tank enough to the point to give him a chance to be their future. I know. Well, he's obviously not their future. They're done. Yeah. Uh, so Murray was the right decision, I think. I don't know if he's going to be worth the number one pick. We, we might look back one day. You never know who comes out of these draft classes, right? Um, but uh, kudos to them for being entertaining. Yeah, very entertaining in the hardest division in football. <laughs> Uh, okay, London game, Texans at Jags. Didn't watch this. It was one of those weeks once again where I kind of just I woke up and realized, oh, there's a London game on. Yeah, I woke up and it was like I stayed up really late the night before and we kind of partied. So it was George's birthday weekend. We had friends. Over. So I was like, do I wake up feeling somewhat foggy and hungover for this game, or do I sleep a couple extra hours and wake up feeling somewhat mo- less foggy? And miss a classic <laughs> AFC South London. Uh, in division game, not a bad game to miss. Twenty six to three. Yeah, but the biggest question mark in this game, Sammy, was Deshaun Watson's post game comments. That, that's not what my biggest question because mark was gonna be, the guy said after the game that his eye okay, healed. One sec, let me pause that. The biggest off field question mark 
of the game was because there's a bigger on-field. Thing. Well, no, still an on-field question mark because he said the reason his eye healed and he was able to play was Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich, but Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich was off shelves in the United States and in, around the world until Sunday morning. So. Does Deshaun Watson have a hookup to the spicy chicken sandwich? Is Deshaun Watson? I don't understand how he had the spicy chicken sandwich to heal his hyperbole. Eye. I think that's the right word. That is the right word. But do you, so you so you don't think he actually had a spicy chicken? Or like just the thought. No, he's just saying like that. That's called get your check. You know what? Do you know what I mean by get your check? Oh, I, so you think he's sponsored by Popeye? He's either sponsored or soon to be. Sponsored by Popeyes. That's literally called get your check. It kind of reminds me of Patrick Mahomes and all his ketchup phenomenon. And guess what? Wow. He ended up being in ketchup commercials. Okay. No, that, and, uh, fantastic points. Right. Yeah. That's how you get a check. Is you say say <laughs> things like that. Like, why is your eye good? Oh, because I had Popeyes. Like the chicken sandwich is back. Mm. You don't think Popeyes is like Deshaun Watson? Yeah. No, no. I, I, I see what that? you're saying, man. It's like, man, the Gatorade that I've been having today gave me the energy to go through this podcast. Like, I love Gatorade. You know, Gatorade should, you know, Gatorade. And, uh, Actually, Bud not, Light. The not, Bud Light that yeah, could me through. And we're not on CBS, so it's not going to get us a sponsorship from them. Okay. But I tried. But I, I think that game is on CBS or NFL Network. We're not We're not Deshaun Watson. So, or Sky Sports. Well, this is what's... Uh, well, he, Pop, Popeye's is not going to sponsor the Sky Sports in in London, you never know. Maybe they're trying to branch internationally. <laughs> this is about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Deshaun Watson is going to get a sponsorship. Reminds me of DK Metcalf. He drinks strawberry milk. Nesquik hit him up and said, "Be our strawberry milk guy." Mm-hmm. So that's how people get checks. They make shoutouts, even if they don't make sense. Yeah, he didn't have a fucking chicken sandwich. It's a day before a game, and it wasn't out. That's a way of saying, eh, like you know. By the way, I'm going to buy see the trend. By the way, I'm going to buy some spicy chicken sandwiches and buy our, before our next podcast so we can talk about them on I'm the podcast. I'm really not interested. I've, I told you this in person. I know everybody in the internet. I'm one of those people that when there's a giant fad, I like to almost not... But so you would, if I bought you one, you wouldn't eat it? I'd eat it, but I'm just saying I'm not... I don't think it's... I'm not one of those guys that like everybody's talking about the spicy chicken sandwich. I feel like it's not a necessity. I agree. I'm, I bet you it's not that good compared to like... I think Chick-fil-A is probably better still. It probably is. That's why it's a bigger brand. Yeah. But people are saying it's better than Chick-fil-A. Well, we'll, we'll what see. What do you think of this game, by the way? <laughs> no, I, I'm not, I didn't. We've talked uh, about this game. Okay. Well, I mean, what I think is the on-field question is Gardner Minshew. It really might. I know it was a big phenomenon. It was exciting. He might actually lose his job soon because he's kind of come back down to earth, which he's got himself an NFL job, which is he went from being a guy that might not even make it on a practice squad to make it onto a roster to being a starter and a phenomenon for a while and getting probably some endorsements, getting himself a contract, getting himself at least backup roles for his career. Yeah, I was about to say, he minimum has secured a backup quarterback job for seven years in the NFL. Exactly, and that's money, that's a career. That's This guy almost didn't get a second opportunity in college. Right. He would probably just be working a regular job. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an NFL quarterback. It, we're starting the trend towards okay. We paid Nick Foles like seventy million dollars, and yeah. he might be better than this guy. So exactly, Nick you, Foles looks like he might get his job. Would you say that he cooked his opportunity to remain a starter in that, on the Jaguars? Not many people are going to get that one. I know, but you do. So I really like Gardner Minshew. So yeah, I'm I not, do too. I'm not falling for the coog. All right. Well, anyway, he's really not a coog. He went to four years other schools. Uh, try to tell that to a cougar fan. 
George went to I don't. That, we George don't. We University you. of Washington. So he's very uh, into these the the college rivalry of Washington State, Washington. Yeah, exactly. I'm not emotional about it because I, know. I went to a small private Division three school that doesn't have. Well, they have NCAA athletics. Didn't they win doesn't, the college football championship in Division three or something like that? College you told baseball. Me? Baseball. Yeah. Oh. And lacrosse. Shout out to the Panthers. Yeah, they always win baseball. Are, are they Panthers? Panthers. Okay, cool. Chapman Panthers. All right, cool. Redskins. Um, well, Jaguars. You can Jaguars. You can uh, get them. Jaguars. You can cut them off of the uh, playoff list. I think at this point, with the way the Texans are playing, who knows? <laughs> the AFC five hundred might make you a playoff spot. Uh, but but no because uh you're looking at six and two bills are the wild card spot right now. That's one of them. Go look at the second wild card spot. I think is the Oakland Raiders. I believe is the sixth spot right now at five and four. I think it might be the Steelers. Yeah, or it might be the Steelers four. at four and four. So five. They're half a game out of a playoff no, spot. No, five and three. Indianapolis. I'm telling you, that's that's. Five they're two games three. out. Indianapolis. Out. Okay, two games out was six. I, I, I'm not ready to cross them off. That's all. Okay, fair. I'm just saying, if you look at the, I saw the percentages today, whatever the FPI thing was, they have like a 1%. Okay, rate. I agree with that. So uh, my point is, they're this loss is starting to put them in a bad position in a division where they have the Colts, who are two games ahead of them, and the Texans at th- two and a half games ahead of them. Yep. They're starting to fall into a bad spot for a team that was kind of a sensation. Um. We had Bills and Redskins. Didn't really catch much of this game because Red Zone's not going to throw on a Bills for some they bad They did Redskins. show that run that Adrian Peterson had, though, which was, I mean, even like 23-year-old court running backs don't do that anymore, which is amazing. Uh, if you, I'm sure a lot of people saw it who listen to this podcast. Yeah, it, it was a, Adrian Peterson's actually still producing pretty well. He's moving up the charts. I, I have nothing to say about... Uh, the Redskins, to be honest with you, they're pretty much in tank mode. The Bills is more for me what I want to talk about, which because I don't care if they haven't played that great of opponents for a Bills team. The way they play, kind of this works, and this will win you games, especially as the season continues and you're playing cold games in Buffalo. Whatever they're doing works. Yeah, and they're in there, and they're in the AFC. There's a difference between the 49ers, for example, that will have a tough schedule while. The Bills, they might play, you know, the Colts at home in the first round of the playoffs, and that's a winnable game. Oh, they're playing the Texans in the first round of a playoff. Well, they can't play the Colts in the first. Well, they yes, no, they, they couldn't can. do it. It wouldn't be possible. Well, unless the Colts win the division. Would it, you can have three teams from a division. Right now, or, unless the Colts host a – yeah, they'd have to win the division for them to go to play the Colts because they're a wild card. Two wild cards can't play each other. Oh yeah, yeah. But still, they say no they play the Texans. The that sucks. Yeah, unless the Patriots stumble some more. But was there one game behind the Patriots? Only one game, and they play them one more time. So, anywho, my point is, they're gonna win games because it's cold in Buffalo, and the way they play, and the type of quarterback they have, is the type of team that you don't necessarily need that great of a quarterback. Would you say they should be nine and two after the next three games? Should be. I'm not saying they're going to be, but they play at Browns, at Dolphins, Broncos. I'm not going to say should. I mean, the the Broncos have actually beat some decent teams today. Um, you've had the Broncos beat some decent teams. The Browns are type of team that could randomly win games. Um, so, 
Sure, they could be nine and two, but I don't know if they will be. All right, fair enough. And we're watching the Monday Night Football game. Let's give some rapid reaction here. There's a black cat on the field, which you know obviously resembles bad luck. Uh, I don't know if it's a bad. I don't think it resembles bad luck unless it's a Friday the Thirteenth. No, no, black cat is always bad if it crosses your path. So it looks like it's not crossing the path of any player. But this cat is milking the moment. If you like, he will not leave the field. Um, I'm sure you, everyone will see this on Sports Center tonight, but I, I'm surprised no one's going after the cat. Security's not walking towards the cat. I don't know what that's I have to do. no idea. And now the cat, the cat's doing a touchdown celebration right now. No, security's trying to get the cat. <laughs> and, and he's just this running is, in circles. This is one of the most entertaining. This is more entertaining than the Giants' offense in general. Giants and, are beating the Cowboys nine to three. So actually, maybe uh, it's more entertaining than the Cowboys' offense. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is great. Uh, um, so yeah, the, I guess that was more, they are definitely more entertaining than talking about the Redskins. Oh yeah. Vikings at chiefs. We have a, a close game. I, I'm, I'm pretty shocked that the Vikings ended up losing this one because Matt Moore kind of helped the chiefs come back and win this game. Yeah. Did you uh, see Skip Bayless's tweet about it? Yeah. Yeah, he basically, I'm not going to pull it up. He basically like, well, I don't know. I'm not saying Matt Moore is better than Patrick Mahomes, but the team sure does rally around him. I'm like, what do you do with Patrick Mahomes who lost his last two games at home? Okay. <laughs> okay, dude. I know everyone makes fun of that kind of stuff, but we like to make these things jokes. What he means is no, I know the team's means. rallying around a backup quarterback because they know that they're underdogs. Yeah. So there might actually the, be some truth to what he's saying, which is there's going to be a little extra passion when they win when they're not supposed to compared to when we're... Yeah. And that passion is not because like, oh, fuck Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Oh, Matt Moore's our the guy. It's because we're supposed to lose. Yeah, it's like, fuck the media. They think we can't win without our quarterback. Let's show them. But when you're winning by 30 because you have Patrick Mahomes, yeah, you're not going to be celebrating like you won the Super Bowl. You're going right. to celebrate with Matt Moore like you won the Super Bowl because you're beating a better team and you're at home and you're supposed to lose. So hypothetically, his tweet sounded really stupid, but that's how he talks. Yeah. But there was some truth to it. Um, but no, this team's not better off with Matt Moore. So you're saying they're not taking phone calls from GMs asking about Patrick Mahomes is available? This is this is one of those moments where George doesn't know how to. George never stops. Do you know you never stop the joke? With no, the I know. Because I, I, I ended the sentence with, so no, obviously he's not. I, I'm is. still looking for the black cat. This guy. <laughs> this guy. Do you have nothing to say about the game at all? Um, is Minnesota. What is Minnesota? And I'll let you. You're the Minnesota, uh, Minnesota guy. They're really good. And they're going to. Probably win a game in the playoffs. They could potentially, they could potentially be an NFC Championship type of team, and they potentially be a first round loss team. It all depends on the location. It depends on uh, who they're playing. It depends on what Kirk Cousins shows up. Um, there's a lot of different factors in this whole. I don't want to get into does Kirk Cousins show up or not because he shows up. He's fine. Like the dude's not Mitch Trubisky. I know we bitch about bitch about Kirk Cousins all the damn time. He's fine. He wins games. He loses some. I'm sure there are 20 teams in the NFL that wish they had him with the roster that they have instead of having Mitch Trubisky, uh, instead of having Daniel Jones, right? Instead of having whoever that may be. Um, he's better than Dak Prescott. So, so 
it, this team's not about oh like Kirk Cousins can't do it. What it's about is where are they going to play? Are they going to play a game in Lambeau? Yeah, it's going to be hard to fucking beat Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau. Um, they're good enough to make an NFC championship because they could have a two-game run where they have a great running back and great receivers. But they're also in a situation where, yeah, if you have a bad game from your running back and your quarterback, they could be a first – A lot. they remind me of the exact – team that you're supposed to be at a four or five seed in the playoffs where it's like yeah you could win one or two of these games and make the nfc championship but you could just as easily lose on the road you know what i mean with by that i i completely agree with you they're like, not they're not the packers where they're supposed to be a number one seed yeah. but they're not a team that should miss the playoffs they're literally the epitome of what they are which is a team that should be the four or five seed yeah, should win they game, do maybe. have a great roster too so like i think like what you're saying is if they get into the playoffs yeah they can make a run exactly but, but should they be a shoe in to win every game just because they're playing the chiefs i mean that's where we were wrong here like i i think you took them and i took them in you know a bunch of pick them leagues and stuff it's like are they good enough to where they should be a shoe in against the Chiefs, even though the Chiefs have a backup quarterback, probably not. They shouldn't be just a shoe in. No, but that's the type of game that they probably should win. They should win, yes. Um, but I think a lot of times the Vikings, one of our biggest issues. I feel like sometimes we blame the Vikings too much and don't look at like the whole situation. Like Matt Moore just fucking played good. Like yeah, that happens. He's won two in a row, hasn't he? Right. Like maybe he's just not that bad. Maybe they. Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe they shouldn't have won this game. Maybe it's a pick em type of game, and that's why it came down to a game yeah. winning field. No, I'm not saying they shouldn't have won this. They should win this game. They were that should have been favored. They should have won. But it's not a shoot. It's not like a given, right? Like it's not like the Bills at home against the Redskins, right? Because they're on the road. It's like in Casey, in Kansas City. They Kansas City still has really good personnel. I know they have a backup quarterback, but it's still really good team all around. It. Yeah, that, that's. This Vikings team is going to be fine, though. Yeah. They, they literally they could make the NFC Championship, like I said, but yeah. they could also miss the playoffs. Miss playoffs, <laughs> yeah. But they probably won't. Um, and the Chiefs, I really with the Chiefs. By the way, I just want to see what they look like when Mahomes gets back. Me too. This, this is just whatever until Mahomes is back. Because if he and I hope he's looks fully healthy. Because if he's not, they're not going to go that far, to be honest. And if yeah. he is, there could be a Super they Bowl can win better. the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. So let's wait and see what happens to him. Um, Jets at Dolphins. Okay, this actually, uh, this a, like, I do like for some reason we have a, I have a lot to say about this game, and I feel like so do you. Yeah, you know what? After this one, we'll take a quick break, but let's finish this one off because I actually think there's going to be some serious content from this one, George. Yeah. Um, the one in six Jets visited the zero in seven Dolphins, and my dumbass bet on the New York Jets because. You know what? I've been convinced by a lot of people, including you, that Sam Darnold's good and the Jets aren't that bad. Oh, look, they beat the Cowboys. Exactly. And guess what? They lose to the fucking Dolphins. The Dolphins beat the New York Jets. And uh, now I don't know if the Jets or the Dolphins are the worst team in football, and I think it might be the Jets. And they have Le'Veon Bell and Sam Darnold, and they're supposed to be, you know, they got the old the old coach of the Dolphins right. that they got fired. So that's interesting. And here we are. What a disappointment. Um, I think this is more disappointing for the Jets than it is exciting for the Dolphins because if you're a Dolphins fan, you probably just want to lose and tank. 
the Jets, you kind of went into this year expecting something decent. You did, and it's kind of just – it is disappointing, Sam. I mean, like, Sam Darnold might not be that good. I might have just completely overrated him. Um, him and Baker Mayfield look like they took steps completely backwards this year even forwards. Adam Gase looks like he could even be one and done in New York, and I'm not the type of guy who likes any coach to be one and done, especially when you hire a coach who's supposed to be like a quarterback whisperer. Shouldn't happen. I don't know. This team just is blah. I don't like them. I don't like how Sam Darnold's playing. I don't know. Sometimes I I thought Sam Darnold's the type of guy who can overcome a team that might be dysfunctional organizationally. I thought he was that type of guy who can you know get through dysfunction. But what it seems like is he's the type of guy that is a good could be a good quarterback, but he needs good stuff around him not complete dysfunction he's not good enough to carry dysfunction yeah one of my biggest issues with this team and i know everybody was all like woo about it i wanted to start with the Le'Veon bell signing i I don't know how many times we've learned this lesson seeing as baker oh let's trade offensive linemen and go get uh and go get a freaking Odell Beckham. Okay, well, <laughs> so true. Let, oh, instead of signing good old linemen and protecting our quarterback, let's sign Le'Veon Bell. All of a sudden, we're going to be a super team. That's not how it works in yep. NFL. You know how it works? Fucking Russell Wilson didn't have a top name running back or receiver, but they're trying. The offensive line is still not good, but they try to improve it, and they get a little better, and he's able to make plays, um, and they pick up pieces as we go. And... I just don't see the need from these teams. I feel for, like for the like flashy signings. You're the saying the flashy signings that take away from the core of the team that us regular people, right? We're not NFL coaches. We're not no, execs. No, we're, not. we're not GMs. Not yet, at least. Yeah, we don't see the what is what does their left guard really do for them? We don't see that as much. No, we, we see holy shit, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, we see like the stats, right? We're like, oh man, look how good this guy's stats are. He's a really good runner, or he's a really good passer. We don't see like that day to day what the, in the trenches stats. in the trenches <laughs> stats because we don't have film. We don't sit here and analyze film. But you got, I thought it was okay to sign Le'Veon Bell because at the end of the day, you kind of th- I thought about it as okay, you have extra money. Your quarterback's on a rookie deal. You think you can compete right away? Go get him a toy, and then when by the time that contract's over with Le'Veon Bell, it's time to pay Sam Darnold. And then you don't sign Le'Veon Bell; he'll be over thirty anyway. <laughs> so, but the teams maybe maybe Sam. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to write off Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield, but I'm ready to ask questions about both of them and saying maybe they're not that good. Both of them, maybe. We'll get to Baker. We get to yeah. Baker. But I'm just saying, I'm ready to ask those questions. I'm not ready to write them off, though. There's a big difference to me between That's writing fair. people off. I'm and not writing off questions. either of them. And we'll get to Baker. But Sam Darnold. Um, I don't know what it is for me. To me, it just looks like he doesn't have it. I yeah. don't know why. I, I at least as much as Baker's a douche, I feel like he has a little more of a it factor in a. It's not the attitude. It's just he, sometimes he makes plays that have a little more of the it factor. Well, I feel like Sam Darnold seems a little stiff. I agree. Um, even though Sam Darnold looked athletic for parts of his career and parts of college, mm-hmm. they're going to be interesting. Um, if I'm the Dolphins, though, I'm the GM up there. Like, 
I know the coaches are excited and stuff, but you got to wonder, like, if they're just like, fuck, now we're, like, tied for the first pick. Yeah. Like, if we just lost this game, we were, now we're really good. No, no, there's the, there's the Bengals, too. And the Redskins, technically. Yeah. But you're really... <sighs> okay, here, here's a... Let's, let's, like, go behind the curtains for a second. I know the coaching staff wanted to win that game because you don't want to get fired as a coach. Right, right. The players right. don't want to get fired. GM, owner, what are they, do they want to win this game or not? All honesty, do you think like in their head, like I'm an owner of an NFL team? Am I like fuck it? Let's just go. No, you don't want to win. You're really like just yeah. like fuck this. the GM. I I don't know what the GM is like. Depends how close the GM it and the owner are aligned like, with that. Like I'm not getting fired this year, and we'll go 16 and 0. Like 100. percent Yeah, it depends it's on the alignment. Stone. But I know the owner is probably like, well, unless the owner's an idiot, also. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, we can contend this year. Yeah, so but I think overall you're right. I, th- I think you don't want to win that game. That's how I feel. All right, uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back for some uh, some more football. Sounds good. All right, and we're back. We're about to get into the, the Bears-Eagles. That's what it was. I was going to say Chargers-Bears-Eagles game. But before that... As we were saying, there's a black cat on the field in uh, the Monday night game at Meadow... The Meadowlands. Meadowlands. MetLife Stadium. Met it Life used Stadium. to be the Meadowlands. Wow. MetLife Stadium in the Giants game. Um, but Kevin Harlan on Westwood One had a radio call of the cat on the field. Kevin Harlan's obviously a pretty well-known pro at this. Um, and it was pretty funny. You should check it out on Son- Highlights, S-O-N-T Highlights, Twitter. But here's the call uh, if you guys want to hear it. He's walking. He's walking to the three. He's at the two. And the cat is in the CDW red zone. CDW people who get it now. A policeman, a state trooper has come on the field. And the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. And the cat is elusive. Kind of like Barkley and Elliott. <laughs> but he didn't know where to go. Look at they're trying to corner him. And they got him in the end zone. There are state troopers all around this cat which now climbs up into the stands and the fans are running for their line now it goes back on the field again <laughs> and it's running in the back of the end zone and it runs up the tunnel <laughs> it's pretty funny the, the ba- touchdown call I, 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 I like when he's like and the fans are running for their life <laughs> yeah and, he's like, and then he's back on the field um it was it was hell it was kind of funny i've never seen that in a game me either um bears at eagles Actually, quite the lackluster game. I believe the Bears had nine total yards in the first half. Yeah, that's. Um, that's not, I haven't. I've gone more than nine yards during this podcast. Let, let's start with them. There's one topic to talk about, and I'm, I don't too much say about it. We talk about this every week. Mm-hmm. Mr. Bisky sucks. He's no good. Like hope. he's no. It's not is one this, of those we're, situations we're, we're, where we're, it's like be nice, but he's no good. He is his year three. It's over. Like I will say, look, if Darnold and Baker play like they are playing, like. Right now, next year, I'll say they are not that good either. Like, at the end of the day, I think year three for the quarterback, you you know or you don't know. You, or you don't, know you know, or that he's good or you know he's bad. You don't want to be in a Marcus Mariota situation. No. Five years. Give him the extension just because. I'd say Jameis Winston, but Jameis Winston showed some flash this year. He's not no. benched and he's not... You know, I mean, we have a soft spot for Jameis. We like, do, but he Bruce Arian seems to have the same soft spot, and that's yeah. his coach. So... Um, it it's uh you don't want to be in that situation where you're like on year six with a guy and you're like shit. What do we do? What do we do? And we had this really good roster. It's time to take Mitch Trubisky, 
figure something out or go get a quarterback. And I, everyone talks about this is a popular topic, but there's guys that are available. Yeah, you can. Sh- the hell, Marcus Mariota is a better option. Yeah, you also don't want him though. You know what I mean. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. You also don't want him. I mean, th- what you want to do is try to go get a. You need to get someone this offseason, whether draft, maybe Cam Teddy Bridgewater. Even. Maybe t- Cam Newton, maybe Teddy Bridgewater, but you got to go do something. Maybe Nick Foles or Gardner Minshew are even better, probably better options than him. Yeah. Just not Mr. Trubisky. You can't have a guy that can't get you any yards. Exactly. Zero. I mean, as much as we talk shit about Baker Mayfield and Sam Donald and guys like that, they can get you a 200-yard game. Mr. Trubisky, we're talking about, like we said, we're talking about halves that don't even have over 10 yards. That's pretty bad. That's absolutely horrific. On the other end, the Eagles, they still only won by eight. I, I, I don't know if this Eagles team is as good as we thought. Or well, they're, they're, not, they're not as good as we thought, but, I mean, could they win this division and make the playoffs still? Yeah. I mean, they're okay. I Here's my I, thing. Would I, they win any other division in the NFC? No, absolutely not, but then we're not asking them to. I understand, I, but we're talking about a team that was supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. So They are probably not a Super Bowl contender, I'll tell you that much. Right? Like yeah. They're not there. No, no, they're and not. Like you said, yeah, they could probably win the division. Okay, great, because the Cowboys are 4-3 and three and fighting. But any other division... They wouldn't have surpassed the 49ers, Rams, or Seahawks. They wouldn't be better than the Vikings. No, they wouldn't. Packers. They wouldn't be better than the Saints. So it's pretty crazy a year going in where I thought, you know, I know you thought they're going to be great. Even me, who was a little bit of a doubter, it's like they'll probably be 11 and 5. They're they're not going to go 11 and 5. No, no, right now. I mean, they're probably. They'll. And seven playoffs. They might make the playoffs. They might not, depending on. The next time they play Dallas in Philadelphia, that's probably what's going to come down to, and that's it. You got to be a little disappointed if you're an Eagles fan. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely disappointed. And um, I mean, Carson Wentz is playing okay. Not what you want. Not what you want. He's playing okay. Yeah, there's a lot of okay about this team right now, and that's not what you expected going into this season. You expected a really good year and competing for a Super Bowl. Yeah, you're getting okayness. Yeah. And you paid your future for okayness. So. Yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Colts lose on the road to the Steelers uh, by two. And this is... Adam Vinatieri had the w- worst, worst game winning attempt. Yeah, worst game winning kick attempt ever. Yeah, it's like 15 yards shanked left. Um, man, I, you know, there's, there's going to be one reason I don't have too much to say about this. Because, number one, I don't know what to make of the Steelers. I really don't. I know, and number two, I never know what to make of AFC North teams. Or not AFC North. South. AFC South teams. You don't even know how to make name the division. Yeah. That's how much you don't know how to make out of them. I don't know what to make out of these teams. And I, Jacoby Brissett hurt his knee, and it was Brian Hoyer finishing out most of the game. Yep. I can't take many judgments out of this game. Do I think if Jacoby Brissett's in there, they probably end up winning that game? Yes. Yep. Um, I agree there. But, like, there's not much to take out of a game on the road when you have Brian Horner come in halfway through the game against a Steelers team who also has a backup quarterback. No, I agree. And one thing I do like about this team, this game in general, I want to talk about is the Pittsburgh Steelers who have shown some resilience here the last couple weeks. I think they've won now three in a row or two in a row. I know they beat the the, the uh, Dolphins last week on Monday Night Football. I think they've lost the game before that when because they had the third string quarterback in. But four and four without Ben Roethlisberger. Then they started the season zero and two with Ben Roethlisberger. So really, they're four and two since Big Ben has been 
out of the lineup. A great coaching job by Tomlin, if you want to really actually take a look at this. I mean, this team is... They had all the recipes to be a really bad team, and everyone when they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick was thought it was stupid. Stupid, and oh, they're going to be a top five pick. Why would you trade your first rounder? They won three in a row. They've won three games in a row: Chargers, Dolphins, Colts. I mean, two of those teams are a lot of people thought are pretty good teams. Uh, they barely I just thought the Colts are five and three. Yeah, and then don't forget they when they lost, they were leading the Ravens game. They lost by three, but that's after their quarterback went out. And we're done like a tragic injury. Right. So uh, it gets a little harder here. They got the Rams and they play at the Browns on a short week. But the Browns aren't looking that good. And then after the Rams, they got the Browns, Bengals, Browns, Cardinals, Bills, Jets. I'm not saying this is a playoff team. But if we're saying that maybe eight or nine wins makes the playoffs in the division, at least the Pittsburgh Steelers are in that conversation of teams that could make a run towards You know what injury. makes this confusing? One thing. What's that? The Browns. Because if the Browns play to a level that they could, then that could be a very hard schedule right there because the Bills right. are a good team. At Cardinals is a tough win. The only bad, bad game is the Bengals left. Right. But if you add two bad Browns teams, and that's the one thing which we'll get to when we get to the Browns, but it's you don't really know which Browns team is showing up because we've seen them when they play at a good level right. beat a team like the Ravens because Baker Mayfield has something in the tank, right? And they have Nick Chubb, and they're getting Kareem Hunt back this week, and they have a good defense. I don't know if the Browns are going to which we'll get to because of the coaching potentially. And so this schedule could either be really easy or, or get a little difficult. But yeah. like you said... Mike Tomlin's done an amazing job because this team shouldn't even be in the playoff conversation at this no, point. No, this team should be should be a two and six type of team. Want to know what's kind of crazy? What's that? The Saints lost Drew Brees, and everyone's like, "Oh shit!" Even though they had Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, I know where you're going. Go on a tear. The Colts. The Colts lose Andrew Luck. All of a sudden, they're five and three. The Panthers. Oh yeah, I forgot the Panthers. Kyle Allen. Even uh, I was gonna say the, the Chiefs <laughs> with Matt Moore. Oh yeah, two in a row, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, if you want to be good, lose your quarterback. But don't if you're the Seahawks because <laughs> you won't be good. Um, you know what that's a credit to? Coaching. And, and we're talking about – think about the organizations and the coaches. Right. You have the organizations. The Colts shouldn't – weren't a good organization, but, but they, they just GM. turned it around the last year or two. Um, Panthers, that's a good organization. Very good organization. They've been – I know they have some bad years, but for, they've made the best of what they've had for many years and many years. And, of course, the Steelers and New Orleans are two great organizations that have really good coaches, and they're making it work. And I know there's a lot of teams out there where I think if you plop one of these coaches into those lineups, we see a completely different team. Completely agree. Um, Titans at Panthers. Uh, man, let me start with this. I still don't know what to make of either one of these teams. Still don't. Usually by now we have some type of opinion. Mm-hmm. I think the Titans are an 8-8 team, and I don't know if the Panthers really are a 5-3 and team. Yeah, well, I mean, my opinion is that the Panthers are pretty good because they have the maybe the best position player in all of football. That's <laughs> one of the best ever. Jesus yeah. Christ, dude. This guy is 146 and two touchdowns against the Titans. I know. So that that's really what I take out of this. The Panthers are always going to be – able to beat anyone on any given day because they have Christian McCaffrey. And a decent defense. And, a, decent and defense. a good coach. Yep. Rivera's a good coach. Absolutely. He doesn't get talked about too much, but he's a good coach. And Kyle Allen is doing this thing that 
a lot of people in America are very good at. So don't fuck up your job and you'll keep it. That's a pretty good way to look at it. Right? He's not great. I mean. Don't fuck it up and you're fine. But it's kind of a classic way of people that don't like their jobs that much. He likes his job, I'm sure. But you know what I mean? Like, he's in that situation where it's like, you're just not fucking up, which is good enough for us right now. Yeah, I like that. I like that theory on him a lot, actually. Um, that yeah, Ryan Tannehill had 331 yards. That's cool. Tannehill has taken uh, Mariota's job. And yeah. the only thing with this Titans team that I guess we'll, we'll talk about the Titans for a second because they still have a chance of making the playoffs. Like they always are like this every year for some reason. You know, that they're always. Can like, we just cross them off? Can we just like tell them not to play anymore? I'm done with them. I, I, I like them with Ryan Tannehill. I like their coach. Actually. I like Derrick Henry. Um, I like Derrick Henry. I like Ryan Tannehill. Um, I don't know how it all works together very well, but this team is going to have to come to a decision at this offseason. Is do we want to be like a nine and seven team with Ryan Tannehill? Mm-hmm. Do we want to? They're not going to resign Mariota. If they do, then they're saying, okay, do we want to be a? I, I know exactly what they do. They're not bad enough to get a first overall pick and take a quarterback. So what they do is they bring out Ryan Tannehill. If they have a quarterback that they like at their point of a draft that they can work on and try to groom, they'll take him. If not, they stick with Ryan. They'll Tannehill. stick with Ryan Tannehill for another year and then just continue to search for that next quarterback. Or do you? This is you missed the end of the question. Or do you let both of them just go and go for being mediocre? Well, you still have to have a quarterback. I mean, you have to play football. Who? I mean, who plays? That, that's true. But you could also go for a. Josh Rosen say it's an experiment if people really think Ryan Tannehill's an experiment though different experiment Ryan Tannehill's made the playoffs for oh no weirdly enough he's Ryan Tannehill actually didn't have that bad of a career right just Um, always injured yeah so I I don't know what that team does me either and I don't know if it matters because they'll finish 8 and 8 no matter what happens the division's up for grabs every year George I know Lions take the L George in Oakland to the 4-4 now Oakland Raiders, John Gruden led, Derek Carr led. I don't know what it is. I fucking love this team. I know. There's something I, weird I, about I it. Josh like, Jacobs is amazing. Derek Carr is fun. I feel like they have this little chip on their shoulder right now. They're finally back home after, I think, how many road games in a row? Because London was on is on the road. I'm not sure how many, uh, but enough. I think they were like four games on the road straight. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they had... What was it? The Bears game was in London. So they had at Vikings, at Colts, Bears in London, at Packers, at Texans. By the way, that sounds like a hell of a schedule. And then at home. Can I tell you who they've played? Yep. And we'll get to the Lions. I know you probably didn't say with the Lions. I feel a little bad for them. I just feel bad for them. Can I just say something about the Lions? I feel bad for them. That's my whole spiel. They should have a much better record. Yeah, that's my whole spiel. Okay, because Stafford's played good. Patricia's not as bad as everyone tries to make it out to I be. Know. They've lost a couple close ones. They remind me of the Chargers most years, where they just don't things don't go their way. It's sad though. Like this team should be better. That's how I feel. But can I tell you who this team's played, George? Hell yeah, Broncos, which they beat, which is actually not an easy game. They played the Chiefs, and then they went at Vikings, at Colts, Bears in London, at Packers, at Texans, and then the Lions. That's not an easy schedule to be four and four. No, absolutely not. Um, and I think that they're going to go on a little run. They're going to win two out of these three games. They have the Chargers, Bengals, Jets next. So we could be looking at them at six and five, maybe seven and four. Well, coming th- up th- soon. Thursday night football, Chargers and uh, Raiders. And that's actually going to be a pretty big game. Exactly. They both kind of need it to stay alive. Exactly. It's actually a pretty big game. 
you look at the I look at it this way though. Even if the Raiders lose at four and five, they'll be at four and five. They're probably going to beat the Bengals and Jets, and they could be right at six and five again and be in that race. And then they'll be playing at Chiefs, which will also be a big game because the Chiefs have three losses. Although the Chiefs are great this year, they don't have some like chokehold on the division. That's a good point. Hmm. So it's pretty exciting. You lo- you lose a game like that, all of a sudden it's a one game difference. Yeah, hopefully they just add, and Josh Jacobs is really good. He's probably the offensive rookie of the year. But in general, you've like, heard the DK DK Metcalf buzz, right? Yeah, but it's probably Josh Jacobs. Just because he's a fucking running back, and he's he's having a really. I mean, so is Metcalf. But anyway, the point is, it's nice for Oakland and a lot, probably last year in Oakland. Who knows if that stadium in Vegas will be ready next year? or What the fuck is going on there? But it, it's cool for the Oakland fans to get you know this one last run. I would love if they made the playoffs for Oakland. Me too. And Do I, it for the Bay. I think me and you both have a pretty. We like Oakland. Like no, this, I'm not talking about the city. The city's fine. No, I like the city. Because I, I, I like, the city. well, it's not about the city. I like that they're kind of like looked upon across the bay of San Francisco. Like, Ugh, you guys are in Oakland. You're not San Francisco. You yeah, know I, what? I that's really, what I like about that's fair. Oakland. I don't like Oakland like as a city that much. I was more talking about I like the Oakland Raiders. Okay, like I like the brand. I like the but the brand goes back to the people in Oakland. That's yeah, why see, the that's, Warriors went from this like kind of badass team until. It became like Bay Area money and Kevin Durant. It was kind of like the, ugh, the Warriors, the Bay Area team, right? Like exactly. The Oakland team, the Oakland A's. Ugh. Like nah. look at the Giants compared to the A's in baseball, right? Oakland's kind of like the dirty side of the Bay Area, like ugh. But in the Raiders, kind of like wear that though. Like we're the black and silver, yeah. like fine. And that's the, what I like about Oakland. Like, I fine, don't know. We are that, the trash yeah, side. exactly. And we're badasses. Um, Bucks at Steelers or Bucks at <laughs> Seahawks. We're gonna. Skip that because if you want to hear that, it's going to be after the next three games that we talk about at the end of the podcast, and it's on our Seattle podcast. So if you are from Seattle or a fan of Seattle sports, we do have a weekly Seattle podcast yeah, and, on the same feed. And, and yeah, that's a great podcast. You better listen to that. But what I was going to say regarding that, Sammy's two things. Um, as we were watching football before the games all started this week, I said this is kind of the most underwhelming schedule, but it turned out to be maybe the best week of football of the year. This is the first time that we haven't had a game where we've gone like under a minute on you yeah. there'll be one where it's like eh, under a minute it's over but we've gone at least like two minutes on every single game because even the bad games were kind ha- of good well then they had interesting storylines yeah like dolphins like right. can i say one more thing about the dolphins before we move sure. on to the browns and broncos uh, everybody's talking about this and i want to know your opinion it's the gatorade bath how do you feel about the Dolphins giving the head coach Brian Flores a Gatorade bath. I mean, I think it's unnecessary and it's kind of stupid, but it also gives me the feeling that this, like, I know at the beginning of a year people were talking about they didn't like the coach and blah, 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 but it seemed like the players who I got was to Kenny know him. Stills, apparently, because yeah. he seems like one of those. One of, yeah, anyway. Um, but it seems like whatever this coach is doing, he's well liked. So I don't like the Gatorade bath, but I like that they like his, their coach. I loved it. I thought mm-hmm. it's a cool representation of, like, I don't care what the outside world thinks. We're not trying to fucking lose every game. Yeah, that's, and you gotta think about guys that, well, when the season started, not like eight weeks ago, but like the training camps and stuff. We've been yeah. together for five, six months, working our fucking asses off, trying to make careers for ourselves. This is your first head coaching job. As players, mm-hmm. you're like, if we keep fucking losing, you're gonna lose your job, and we're gonna ruin your one chance ever at being an NFL head coach. Sure, so I think it's one of those like. If you asked him, would you want a Gatorade bath like before the game, he'd say no. Right. Because he's a coach. Of he's course. like, we're but the players are like, we're trying to help you 
keep a career. So I thought it was kind of cool. Even though, I, even I, though I do, unnecessary. I do agree with that. Yeah. Even though I agree, unnecessary. Um, okay, Bucks, Seahawks, moving on. Browns at Broncos. Um, George bet on the Broncos and it ended up working out. Uh, you were scared I told, for a minute. I told you, no Joe Flacco, I'm all in again. Brandon Allen took over the football world. Razorback, Razorback Von, legend. Von Miller said, I knew Brandon Allen would give us that spark today. That's what he said after the game. Yeah, big, big, big Arkansas Razorback fan here speaking. I'm kidding. I never watched Brandon Allen. I don't remember him at Arkansas, but uh, he did go against SEC defenses, so maybe you know, maybe that's the key to success. Or he's been in the NFL for three oh, years. Oh, you know what's a nice key to success? Playing the Browns. No, the Browns defense is actually the pretty defense good. Defense is good, but you know, Sammy. Baker Mayfield. I was, I was waiting for like a, normal, a serious take from you. So no, uh, trying to see one. The Baker Mayfield. I would like to know your real opinion. Baker Mayfield is not a good enough quarterback to get past the dysfunction of the Cleveland Browns organization. Kind of like I said about Sam Darnold. Some organizations are so dysfunctional. Like just everything they did off this offseason, all the talking, Freddie Kitchens going to get Odell Beckham Jr. shiny new toy instead of building the offensive line like big boys would do. I really think that Baker Mayfield, if, if you put Baker Mayfield, got drafted to the, um, I don't know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the New England Patriots, the name of really good organization, I think Baker Mayfield could have been could be very, very successful. But I just don't think he's a good enough quarterback. I don't think Sam Darnold's a good enough quarterback. Um, I don't think Lamar Jackson is a good enough quarterback to get past a dysfunctional organization. I think if you switch Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson right now, uh, Baker Mayfield would probably have the same record as Lamar Jackson does for the Baltimore Ravens, if not a better record than Lamar Jackson has for the Baltimore Ravens. And if if you put Lamar Jackson on the Cleveland Browns, I bet you the Cleveland Browns have the same record if maybe have zero wins. Or one win. You know, sometimes the circumstances that you put a player in are just not fair not and not good enough. But the Marv Jackson versus Baker Mayfield is kind of like an indicative of what it is. Like a very good and really well-run organization is putting a quarterback in the best possible situation to win games versus an organization that's completely dysfunctional, putting a quarterback like Baker Mayfield in a situation where – it's difficult to win games. I think Baker's fine enough to get over organizational dysfunction. I think it's he's not good enough to get over organizational and coaching dysfunction. Um, oh, I, put, I kind of put those all together. Like the organization, yes, but they are, uh, but they I'm, are separate. I'm right. separating them because okay. we saw him at some point last year when whoever was at the head of it all, which was Greg Williams. So obviously I know he's in New York right now and the Jets aren't doing great. But <laughs> when he had control of whatever was going on there, Baker's first coach gets fired and you have to listen to whoever's next up. He was making it work. I don't care who their schedule was. We 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 give we crown Jimmy Garoppolo the greatest guy ever for beating all below five hundred teams. So I'm gonna say that Baker Mayfield last year, regardless of the schedule, was also playing really damn good with with the when the structure was fine. But the problem is when you're in bad organizations, they make bad decisions. And bad decisions include, oh, so we got really, really good and almost made the playoffs when we 
put this interim head coach. Let's fire him. Yeah, let's get Freddie Kitchens. It reminds me of, to bring a basketball reference, the Sacramento Kings and the NBA, who had the best record they've had in 15 years and decided to fire their coach to go get a coach that's hasn't has never won. Yeah. So uh, you can't you can't sit here and okay, yeah, could Baker get over some dis- organizational dysfunction if they brought in the right head coach? Probably. Probably. Yeah. But you know what bad organizations do? They find a way to fuck up good coaching situations, and that's what they did, and it hurts him. Um and it, it's kind of unfortunate because if you're going to draft a guy like Baker Mayfield, who sometimes talks too much and sometimes puts on a show that you don't like, don't bring on a coach that's going to be a clown show either. <laughs> that's a good point. Because I have nothing against Freddie Kitchen. I'm not saying you don't bring in a guy for for a guy like Baker Mayfield. Don't bring in a first time head coach. Bring go do a Tampa Bay. Unless he's a genius. Yeah, unless it's like Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan right. is the next big thing. And he was in the building. You got to know he wasn't like the. The most amazing. He was the guy that Baker Mayfield was making fun of on Hard Knocks. Yeah. So go get Bruce Arians like Tampa Bay did. And you might say Tampa Bay hasn't worked out this year is what a lot of people might say, which we'll get to them when we get to the Seahawks portion. But uh, from if you look at Tampa Bay and the games they've played, they've been a lot of close ones, and they could easily be a 4-4 and team instead of a – Two and six team. And, right. and Jameis Winston has looked a lot better than he had in the last two years. And that's probably because they at least got some stability. Maybe Jameis isn't that guy, but mm-hmm. at least they went and got a guy of some stability to try to make their young quarterback work rather than continue to gamble on guys that we just uh, – it was you, you don't hire Freddie Kitchens. You don't. That Pretty simple. And I was the one – who liked the hire of Freddie Kitchens over Greg Williams because I said let's bring in an offensive guy. But I did also did not know the offensive guy is a buffoon. Yeah. And you know me, I'm not a big guy. Like, I'm not saying he's a buffoon as a guy. We might be some guys can't be a head coach. Yeah, I mean and you we're probably we're two people that generally I would say don't bash coaching that often. Like, oh this guy can't coach because like I don't know. But there's some games you watch and you're like oh the coaching's actually not that good. I right? remember right. who is it who's the coach of the Giants two years of Bob McAdoo what was his name? Yeah, Bob McAdoo. Ben McAdoo. Ben, ben McAdoo. McAdoo. Like, you could just tell he couldn't coach. He's going to get fired yeah. within the next or, year. Or the 49ers head coach a few years ago. What was his name? Uh, Tony oh. Spagano. No, that's not that's Tony Spagano. Coach of Miami Dolphins. The guy, Jim Consula or something. The, guy, the big guy, like Italian. The gym teacher the, guy. Yeah, the guy with the mustache. Yeah. Big, big Italian guy. Even when they had, what's his name? The, uh, the black guy that wore the cross. Mike Singletary. Mike Singletary. You can kind of tell yeah. it wasn't working. Yeah. yeah, yeah and he got fired. And he got fired. Yeah. Like, you can kind of tell sometimes when coaches just aren't going to work. And yeah. these are some of the coaches that you want. And they might be really good offensive coordinators. Yeah, but you could just, you see it. Like, yeah, how many, I don't know how many, how long it took to fire Hugh Jackson, but most people, you know what they said about Hugh Jackson when it all started? The thing didn't work. Yeah, and it didn't. And it didn't. <laughs> so and hopefully, it hopefully they make a decision quicker than sooner than later because I'm telling you, it's not gonna work. Yeah, and uh, I don't think I'm gonna say this right now. I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. is there next year either. Probably not. I agree with that. You actually. know, I think he's in on New England next year. Yeah, and speaking of another coach, I think didn't isn't wasn't a great hire. I don't know how I felt about Vic Fangio getting hired for the Broncos. Well, I'll tell you how I feel. Huh. Oh, Vic Fangio, after 20 years of being a coordinator, finally gets then his nobody chance. Nobody wanted to give him the chance. I'll tell you why he didn't get a chance. Probably not that good. Of an yeah, interview, a, at least. Yeah, and maybe it's also an offensive league and you don't get a older defensive head coach. Right. That You know what? He's worked for how many teams? Like five or six? Yeah. None of them thought like, oh, when maybe he'll be a successor. Yeah, none of them. They, they said didn't no like, thank you. Yeah, they said no thank you. 
Um, speaking of coaches, Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn, who I, I, don't, I still can't decide on. Now I, I can't. Now I can't. I know. This was about to be the game where they're like three and six, and you're like, all right, fuck it, dude. This guy's just not a good coach. Exactly. Um, Packers go to L.A., which seemed to be a home game, George, because there was 90% Green Bay fans, and put up eight in the fourth, but before that, had zero in the first half and lose 11 to 26. I'd, what happened? They looked bad. I don't know. Like sometimes you go East Coast to West Coast. Okay, that's the thing. Oh, the home field advantage really took over. Well, there was mostly Packer fans. Um, like in Wisconsin, LA is not that bad. It's not that bad. We're not it's talking nice, New York. Warm weather. Um, what happened is sometimes I guess <laughs> you just have a bad game, and that's kind of what the Packers that happened. Just kind of had a bad game. Maybe yeah. they went out in L.A. that night. Maybe Aaron Rodgers kind of hinted at that. Did you hear his postgame? It was like just bad already. game. He was like, I don't know if we didn't prepare last night. We're in a cool city. I don't know if we weren't focused enough. Or, yeah. You know, he, he didn't say no. He, it wasn't like calling people out. It was just more yeah. like we're in L.A. Yeah. I don't know if we were focused on other things. I'm he a, lives in L.A. He has a house there. He's probably at his house, like, probably being too comfortable. Too comfortable, yeah. Sometimes you get too comfortable. They got too comfortable, and that's... And it's a home game on the road, probably too comfortable. Just, I think that's what happened. They got too comfortable. I agree. Um, Chargers stay in the race now. Every year they do this. Yeah, and they and they're not as bad as we think when they look bad, and then they're not as good as we probably think when they start looking good. Um, but like, them back to San Diego, though. Yeah, I think they they it, it's getting kind of ridiculous. It's mm-hmm. like a. It's my concern of what the Raiders could be mm-hmm. in Vegas, but the difference with the Raiders, at least the Raiders have a brand. Yeah, it's people, like you put the people, Cowboys wherever they're going to be. There's fans. You can't put the Chargers wherever and no. expect people to. Well, show. my question is, they're building that big mega stadium opening next year, right? And the Chargers are going to share it with the Rams. They can't even get enough fans to this stadium for their own home team. How empty are those games going to be? Or they're going to be full, but just still. There's 10 million people in LA County. I know. So it's going to be full with, instead of having 20,000 uh, away they're, fans. They're, remember, they're not selling out this one, even with 30,000. No, sold out this week. This week, yeah. It was like, like $900 a ticket. I think it was only their, their second or third sellout of a year. So I'm just get, wondering, like, when they play. stadium, they'll get sold out. I think. Not sold out, but not every game sells out in the NFL anyways. No, I know. But they're going to get pretty good uh, fill rate in there because a couple things. One, when the stadium gets bigger, I love the tickets fill, get... The fill rate. The fill rate. No, it just made me laugh because I, I was talking about on our business, the fill rate. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The, I, I, but like, I was like this... I know, nobody I, knows what I, that means. I know, but it made me laugh. You want to explain? No. You they, said, ha, ah, fill rate, our business. That's all you said. Yeah, go visit sonsports.com, check out our fill rate. He's talking about the advertising side of business. The fill rate of the stadium is going to be pretty... Good because the ticket prices are going to go down when there's a lot of seats. And yeah, if you're a kid from Seattle and there's the Seahawks playing the Chargers, you'll spend 20 bucks to probably get some of those extra seats. And then some people that are casual fans are more willing to spend to get in. I think the problem here is games like the Packers game or even most games, because there's not a lot of seats, they're still kind of expensive. Right. Um, I think once you start having more of those cheap tickets and casual fans that get into it more, there's suites and like companies invite people. People become more of a fan. That's fair. Um, I just don't think of right now at a soccer stadium that has no suites and nothing crazy, like no casual fans just can be like, let me go drop some money on this Chargers game. And they're all kind of expensive because they're all good seats. Fair enough. No, I agree with you. 
Still moving back to San Diego, though. Yeah. I completely agree with that. That would be so much better for the league. All right. The last game before we uh, take a break and go to our Seattle podcast, um, if not the one of the most interesting games of the night, is the Patriots at the Ravens. And the Patriots go down for the first time. 20 to 37 to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in Baltimore. Um, the lights are cool when they score, huh? Yeah. I was going to talk about that actually. Yeah. I just think that's really cool. I'll get to that when we're done with the football side. Lamar Jackson's good. Yeah, I mean, his numbers didn't jump off the screen. 17 for 23, 163 and a touchdown. But he ran 16 times for 61 yards and two touchdowns. I guess the Patriots kind of were the first team to hold him away from the uh, rushing for huge numbers. But it didn't matter. He made other plays in other ways. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good – he's a very good football player. Now, I don't – how am I going to explain this? I still think his ceiling is a top – like the 15th best quarterback in the NFL – but maybe a little higher, maybe 10th. I don't know. I can't decide. Like, will this work forever is my question. Because historically, we've never had a quarterback in the history of the NFL that couldn't consistently make throws in the pocket work for a long time. Can he be the first one? Because I don't think he's ever going to become Russell Wilson in the pocket. He doesn't have the arm of Michael Vick. He's not going to become Michael Vick in the pocket. Is he good enough to be sustainable for a long run without being a pocket quarterback ever? Because he's never going to be a pocket quarterback. Unless he proves me wrong. But I I can't see him becoming a dart thrower. I think he's going to be fine. I, I, so do I. That's and a I, weird thing. I tweeted this thing out and I got a lot of... Some hate, some a lot of agreements. Lamar Jackson is very polarizing. There's yeah. one way, one way or the other. Well, I, I mean, let's be frank. If you don't like him, people say you're racist. No, that's not what the uh, polarizing effect was. The effect was, I said that he's harder to game plan for than Michael Vick. And there some people were like, he's polarizing in the sense that you either are really on board with him or you're really mm-hmm. not on board with him. And... Some people are like, yeah, he is. Agree, agree. And then the other half is like, that's ridiculous. He's Michael Vick's the hardest person to ever game plan for. And I, I, I keep thinking about it, and I think he's harder to game plan for than Michael Vick because of one reason. I think Michael Vick, as much of a threat he was on the ground, like you said, he actually did make good throws. And right. I think we we sometimes fantasize the Vick time mm-hmm. so much that we act like he was Lam- – the Lamar Jackson type of player, mm-hmm. which he was more, he was actually a really freaking good quarterback. Yeah, he was. Really Lamar good. Jackson might be harder to game plan for right now because I don't think we've ever seen it like this. We're legit, legit, 10 times more dangerous and 10 times more likely to happen on the legs than in the air. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? Like, I, I didn't really think about this much, but I heard them saying on the broadcast. This team is really good at blocking, too. And when Lamar Jackson is running and it's a designed run, instead of having nine blockers, right, you have ten blockers because the quarterback never goes out and blocks. Yeah. So when you pan the ball off, really, the, the running back's not blocking, the quarterback's not blocking, so you have nine blockers. But now you add an extra blocker when Lamar Jackson's doing these A guy like Mark runs. Ingram's really good at that. Yeah, and even if you go empty backfield yeah. and you have another big tight end in there. Like, it's it's really effective if you are as fast as he is. And he's really he's the fastest guy maybe to ever do this at the quarterback position. Yeah, and that's why it's harder game plan than Michael Vick. But I think people take that as if it 
means I'm saying he's that already means you better. Hate Michael Vick, I get it. No, like you're be- <laughs> he's better than you think he's better than Michael Vick. No, because Michael Vick was actually of a fucking threw darts, right? And he actually was a good quarterback. And we saw him in Philadelphia when his legs kind of slow down, still be a pretty productive quarterback. Oh yeah. I just think Lamar Jackson's harder to game plan for because I watched it with my own eyes against the Seahawks. I, I've heard this on a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. People when they finally pe- he's like now on a national televised game. It's like this is the first time I've actually watched him and been like. God damn, how do you stop that? Like, cause you usually see him on red zone and highlights, but he's hard to stop in these plays where, yeah, okay, he can't throw, but somehow with his legs finds a way to keep shit alive. No, absolutely. It's fun to watch. And on the Patriots front, though, they're not done. I've heard so many people like this week, like, oh, man, the Patriots exposed. They're not a Super Bowl team, really. Do you see what happens when they finally played a good team? Who said that? I've heard people all over the radio saying this today and on Twitter. And, like, I've heard so many people calling out the Patriots of not being a real team because they finally played a real team. If you go back to last year's time, this exactly this week, I think last year, the, they had just come off a loss against the Tennessee Titans at home. Later on in the year, they went on to lose to the Miami Dolphins. And they lost to the Detroit Lions last year. We were in a playoff team as well. Guess what the Patriots did? Won the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl. At, what did I tell you right before the game started, George? That we're sitting on the couch. And I said, "You know what? Baltimore's gonna win." Yeah, like Baltimore's gonna win. It, eventually, the Patriots lose a game or two. Yeah, that's it. That's it. it that, that's all it is. You lose a game or two. And yeah, you know what? A night game in Baltimore where they're all hyped up and it's a really hard place to play. And generally, the Ravens are the type of team that aren't that. You know, they always give the Patriots a hard time. Yeah, this, we're not talking about the New York Jets that have got yeah. their ass kicked their whole career by them. And the Patriots probably would have won that game, to be quite frank, when it was 17 14 and they were driving down the field to score a go ahead touchdown. They're on the 30, even they fumbled the ball, got scooped up, and went for a touchdown. If they went up 21 17, I think they win that game. And if it was a playoff game. Oh, yeah, you mean if the, like, the experience? Yeah, I agree with you. If this was a playoff game. Well, and also probably being Foxborough. Yeah. And the Patriots would have found a way to yeah. win this game. I'm just letting you know today. And I know this is not a conspiracy Thanks for letting theory. Us know. This is a <laughs> if they if this was a do or die game, they would have found a way to win this game. Exactly. And I truly believe Bill Belichick is the type of coach that like it's okay. Now they, they scoop that fumble for a touchdown. Like, let's just In a way and people think I'm going to be crazy here. I don't think that they sh- – I think they kind of let Lamar do his thing because they know they don't want to give up the whole game plan when, if they see them in the playoffs. Yeah. And they have a different game plan for Lamar in the playoffs. That, that Exactly my point. Yeah. Like, like, that was a better way of putting it. Instead of just like, oh, they would have won, I'm telling you. Yeah. No, like, they were hiding things in their game plans, offensively and defensively. And that's probably. because of a respect for Lamar Jackson. Yes, because they, they're like, okay, yeah, this is not, this is not easy. Exactly. Um, one thing I I did hear two things I heard mm-hmm. on a great podcast I'd love to listen yeah. to the Ryan Musillo podcast two two topics I'm going to start off with the funny one and then end with the like what I want to say about the Ravens first one is he was like talking about yesterday he's like on the broadcast they were really going too much on the whole like oh Lamar Jackson like I love how the Chris Collins are I love how the Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. were the only team that believed in this guy and gave mm-hmm. him a chance oh yeah and then he was it's like a, that, it's always my favorite thing yeah, and too. He, he was like Really? Then why'd they pass on him three fucking times? I know. Or did he fall to 31 and they're like, oh, we could take a chance. Yeah. It's the same thing with like all the Seahawks fans all say, that. oh, man, Pete Carroll's a genius for going and getting Russell Wilson in the third round. Like He fell to the third round. He fell to the third round. If he was really a genius, he might have taken – He would have traded up to get Rashad Penny like he did in the first round. Yeah. Because – 
if you want a quarterback, you're willing to fucking trade up to five to get guys like Mitch Trubisky yeah. or Daniel Jones. That's someone who tried to be a genius. He's like, oh, Mitch Trubisky. I'm going to be a genius That was here. trusting in a guy. <laughs> yeah. They picked the they Ravens. Believe, they really believed in Mitchell Trubisky. The Ravens drafted a tight end in the first round. I know. Before drafting Lamar Jackson. So let's just like not sit here and act like everybody else was really stupid. And the Ravens were some geniuses. Mm-hmm. They... Uh, if they were two spots up, another team could have taken him at that spot. Right. And been like, oh, we believed in him. And the other thing was, I really, this was a topic and I, I actually feel it. Let's say there's a lot of young kids out there right now that live in states that don't have teams mm-hmm. or people that just, you know, grew up in a city and they don't like their team. You, know, you live in fucking Cincinnati and you're seven years old and you've never had a good Bengals team. This Ravens team would well, be... Why is it fucking Cincinnati? Are you like against Cincinnati? No, the... I'm talking about like the fucking Bengals. <laughs> um, let's say you were a team that really loved, or man, you always do this. There's <laughs> just well, a random comment. I just want to know why fuck because you know Cincinnati. what I mean. Because if you the Cincinnati Bengals suck, so if you're living fucking Cincinnati and you're you don't want to be a Bengals fan, if you're like a free agent of teams as a young kid right now, it's so easy to have this be like your lifelong favorite team. Right. The, you watch a game like last night in the purple jerseys going against the GOAT and Tom Brady. The touchdowns where the lights flicker and yeah. like they're kind of this badass vibe. Well, right? they're also, sec- I mean, it's known like in Vegas, like they always give uh, for home field advantage. There's only three teams that get more than three points for home field advantage in Vegas and that's New Orleans, Seattle, and Baltimore because the Baltimore fans are fantastic. Yeah, and it's not, for me, it's not even just the fans. It's like the atmosphere of like the lights thing, mm-hmm. the the colors of the Ravens, the purple jerseys last night, and you score a touchdown. They have a swagger to them. The jersey and the colors and the look and the logo and the Maryland logo thing where it yeah. has like the different colors is sick. Great, like, great best state flag in, in yeah. all the states. And Lamar Jackson's a cool guy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... You're used to a lot of like whitewashed quarterbacks, yeah. like like Daniel Jones wears khakis with a tucked in dress shirt, and right. Tom Brady has swag, but in a different way. Yeah. Lamar Jackson actually wears chains and beanies and dresses kind of cool and rocks Jordans. And as a young seven, eight year old, I would be like, "Damn, this team is tight." If I was now, if I was obviously not a team free agent mm-hmm. or a kid free agent, you know, you'd probably just like your home team, yeah, exactly. but. You grow up somewhere like Portland that doesn't have a team. You look at this team. Couldn't you see a seven-year-old being like, "This is sick"? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're, uh, why, why, I mean, it's kind of like the whole Michael Vick thing. He became like a phenomenon in the whole yeah. country, and everyone wore Vic jerseys. Number one selling jerseys. We both be- had Vic jerseys. Yeah, I bet you Lamar Jackson after the season when the new rankings come up for next year will be the number one most sold jersey in the NFL. Yeah, we had Michael Vick jerseys, yeah. and I, I had a team. I liked the Seahawks, but it was this polarizing effect of. Look at the way this guy plays the game. You look at guys like Tom Brady. How many jerseys does that guy have sold around the world, right? Because once yeah. you become polarizing, I think the Ravens have reached that level of like, yeah. that's polarizing. You know who's not polarizing, Sammy? Ryan Mitch Tannehill. Oh, okay. Like, no one's buying Ryan Tannehill jerseys. Correct. Or Marcus Mariota. Well, he's polarizing to me. Why? Because he sucks? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. Much love. We'll be back middle of this week for the end of this week with our picks. Uh, maybe you'll catch us for an NBA pod at some point this week, too. We'll surprise you. Who knows? And uh, I like that. We'll find out. I'm not making any commitments. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and uh, if you want to hear our Seattle portion, you can either listen to it coming up after this break right now or um, 
it'll be releasing as a single podcast as well, which is the Seattle Superpod on the same feed. So just check that out. Um, this is Sports on Taps, and you can find us at sontsports.com, S-O-N-T-sports.com. There you'll find all our articles, podcasts. Um, me and George each have our own different type of podcasts. We got all our uh, social media on there too. So go check us out there. That's S-O-N-T-sports.com, and S-O-N-T stands for Sports on Tap. And George, this is Sports on Tap, and this is Sports Radio. Redefined. All right, George, the Seattle Superpod. We are back. Um, and better than ever? Back and better than ever. Episode 14, I believe. Yeah, episode 14 of the Seattle Superpod. Coming off of a thrilling win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, One of the more fun games of the season. I know maybe not that fun for us Seahawks fans that you know uh, like it when it goes a little easier. But it's the Seahawks. Nothing comes easy. This is... You know, if you if you're not a from Seattle, you might see the Seahawks and say, "Man, they've been a consistently good winning team for multiple years." But as every Seahawk fan knows, a lot of heart attacks, a lot of uh, stressful days, a lot of nail biters. Um, we find a way to make any and every game, even the ones you lose and the ones you win, they all seemingly end up being pretty damn entertaining. It doesn't matter if it's supposed to be a, an inferior or a a superior competition. We we find a way to make every single game pretty interesting. We really do. And speaking of, I mean, we'll get to this later, but good opponents are coming right up. Yeah, um, five of them in a row. To be honest. Yeah, if because if you look at our opponents that we've played, I think it we're playing teams that are under five hundred. Yeah, I mean, we haven't had a horrible schedule. I mean, like if you really look at it, Steelers are a little better than we expected, and that was with Roethlisberger. Rams are good. Browns are disappointing, but they have talent. Ravens. I mean, Saints. Not not horrible. Not horrible. But um, before going into this week, I will tell you we did have the toughest opponent win percentage remaining schedule in the league. Yeah, I can see that. Um, number one. So it's obviously a little bit of a difference. And that was including Tampa Bay in this list, who, you know, is not a winning record, but a tough team. We have a tough schedule. We really do. I mean, I'll just give you a little, like, the next four, five weeks at 49ers, at Eagles, Vikings, at Rams, at Panthers. Like, pretty... And then Cardinals, who aren't bad. Yeah, who are not bad. But 49ers. And 49ers. Yeah. But it's pretty crazy. I feel like we haven't played that many home games this year, and now we have four out of the next five on the road. I know we have, but it just feels like we haven't. feels like we haven't because we've had a lot of stressful games. I know. Um, and actually, we've been technically better on the road, right? Right. Two, our two losses are at home. Um, and that's where the only concern comes. I mean, th- those are obviously the two best opponents we've probably played. They both were losses, but they both weren't blowouts. And they're... Unfortunately, I mean, should have won one of them, I wish, like, because it's at home. Yeah, but they're not the worst losses in the world. No, no. The Saints, that was one of the sloppier Seahawks games we've seen yeah. in a long time. Probably should have, if we clean things up in that game, we had, like, the fumbles and the, was it a punt return? Same with the Ravens game. We had the fumble at the end of a game by Metcalf that made it a 14-point game. We were only down seven. And driving, and yeah. usually Russell Wilson finds yeah. away. So, actually, both of the losses this year have been kind of... Like that, not like awful losses, right? right. We haven't been it, blown out of the water. Of our wins, God, this huh? team has been so hard to watch. Like without a heart attack, without a heart attack, it's been fun to watch. It's fun, yeah, but hard to watch Russell without a heart attack. Is 
playing amazing. Let's get to a little bit of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, Russ Wilson tied his career high, five touchdowns. We had some just ridiculous play from Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, which um, I have the stats here, which was Metcalf went six catches for 123 and a touchdown, and Tyler Lockett 13 catches, 152 and two touchdowns. Beautiful. You had Jacob Hollister, who is now the fill-in for, I mean, because Luke Wilson went out early in this game. He's mm-hmm. the fill-in for Will Disley at the tight end. Got his former first Patriot. touchdown. Former Patriot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Got his and first touchdown of his career. Former Abercrombie model, too. Why? Because his name's Hollister? Yeah. Not a good one. Not a good one. That one didn't click. Like his name is Hollister. Well, you just said former Hollister model. I know, but that was too obvious. So yeah, you got to throw the Abercrombie and Fitch reference out there. Does anyone wear Abercrombie and Fitch anywhere? Yes. They're in many stores in America. No, I know. I just wonder, is it like still a thing for high school like people to wear Abercrombie and Fitch? I think so. Because that was Otherwise, a good song. Remember that? I love them girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> I don't remember that song. I would if I had one wish. Yeah, it was a great song. He had his first two touchdowns of his career and the game-winning catch. So, amazing day by Jacob Hollister. Um, I, I think this is going to be interesting with Josh Gordon coming in. I agree. Um, We're going to take some throws away from a guy like Metcalf or Lockett, but it's also going to open up for him. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting and like, yeah, it might take away some stuff. But here's the good news. If it doesn't work, we were not really highly invested in Josh Gordon. We can cut him. And we haven't talked about that at all on this podcast yet about the signing of Josh Gordon. That's why I'm talking about it. Yeah, that was a good segue. Um, It's a great calculated risk. It could work and it'd be an awesome bonus. And if it doesn't work, you can cut him and move on. Like, There is absolutely zero... I, to me, at least, I have zero expectations. It, it's I, I would say a win-win situation, even though like I know cutting him doesn't sound like a win, but it's a win-win situation. You're either going to win or nothing, right? Yeah. So it's like, or it's a win slash even yeah. situation, right? If you if he unless he work, comes into the locker room and smokes so much weed that everyone on the team gets high and fails drugs tests at the same damn time. And turns Russell Wilson into the biggest stoner in the world. Other than that, there's no way to lose. <laughs> See, I I don't want to make fun of that because the guy went to I, rehab. So I know it's a hard thing to make fun of for me because I get the joke. Yeah, it's a joke. Like people, come on, line up, people, line up, Sammy. It's a joke. It, and, and you know what? He, I don't think he needs to go to rehab for weed. Like now, if he had to go to rehab for other stuff that's more serious, but yeah, that's okay. I mean, the uh, the weed caused him to do more serious things. Okay, well, said. but that's what the, he said. It's yeah. like saying unless he becomes an alcoholic again, drowns himself in the liquor. Like, okay, okay, poor guy. Let's hope he doesn't do that. Actually, the thing is, he's been fine. Until you take him to a state with legal marijuana. Like, this is, this is, I'm kidding. Massachusetts is legal marijuana. Is it really? I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure. I don't know what states have legal marijuana. He is an immense talent. Um, We saw that also this year. Um, Here's my only thing is supposedly he had a bad work ethic. That's kind of what the Patriots alluded to. So I just wonder, like, with a team like the Seattle Seahawks, with a receiver like DK Metcalf, who works his ass off, supposedly, um, from all accounts, Russell Wilson, one of the hardest-working quarterbacks in the league, uh, Pete Carroll, that always compete mantra. 
I just wonder, will he be able to fit in? Because this is a cultural organization. This organization is all about the culture, about you know being hardworking. I, I just hope he comes in and some of that culture rubs off on Josh Gordon. Because if Josh Gordon's not a hard worker and he's been this good in his career, imagine if Josh Gordon works hard. And doesn't get too high. Both would work really well. Yeah. And yes, it, it, is, mer- it is legal in Massachusetts. But you know why we don't have to worry about that, George? Because like... If not in Massachusetts. Actually, so if he is smoking, he's going to be kicked out of the league. He gets drug tested. It doesn't matter if it's legal here. Which, by the way, it, it's dumb. Like, I'm not going to... I don't need to get on this like... About to get political about... But, but, if it's legal here, just let them smoke. Yeah, it's like, like drinking alcohol. Yeah, like he should be... If it's legal in the state, he should be able to do it without getting in trouble by the NFL policy. Now, they probably can't do that because then half the league would want to sign with Seattle or Denver. Or Denver or Massachusetts, <laughs> Massachusetts Patriots. now. But still, the point is, if it's legal in that city, I don't think you should be able to punish the player. Like, you're but not, you can. But you can, yeah. But you can. And... But you do hope he doesn't get back on some negative, you know, lifestyle, whether that's marijuana or whether that's bad work ethic, like you said. We legitimately have a situation in Seattle where I think it's not going to go along too well. I'm going to pause here for a second because George wants to do this. Well, you can, we could have waited for a second there. I wanted to listen. That to was guy. your fault. I mean, he turned on the volume. You know, I, I, even... I didn't really know, but I have just one. Well, not me. I, can you wait something off my sentence so yeah, it doesn't just ruin like the sentence? Well, and yeah, everything? I was gonna get it ready. I didn't know like this is gonna do. It's been this. good at the end, you know. Yeah. So the work ethic thing's gonna be a big deal in Seattle because Russell Wilson's the type of dude that doesn't mess around. Like he. It's an organization where the work ethic's the number one like priority. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the Patriots. There's a reason he got cut from the Patriots. If they don't, if he doesn't show that work ethic, he's gonna be cut by the Seahawks as well. But I think the good sign here could be we already know he's cleaned up his life off the field mm-hmm. type of deal. Now maybe getting cut by the Patriots is one of those situations. I've cleaned up my life. Now let me clean up my work ethic. Right. I'm getting this opportunity. He seems that him and Russ already had a decent relationship coming right. into this. Um, and you know what? I, I, if there's any quarterback, I believe Tom Brady's one of them, but another one is a guy like Russell Wilson who can you get a guy to rally around you and make you believe and make you work hard? I think Russell Wilson's one of the best people in the world to help make that possible. I, I Russell agree. Wilson was willing to have AB on this team, Antonio Brown, because he believed he could help turn it around. Absolutely. And I got just a message for... Josh Gordon. Stephen A. Smith, baby. And you can't stay off the weed. He ain't getting busted for using weed. Stays off the weed. Josh Gordon, please stay off. The stay weed. off the weed, man. If <laughs> you need to stay off the weed, because this team would be dynamic with him. That'd be great. I. uh like smoke all you want in the off season. Why well, he gets drug tested? Uh, whatever. Stay off the weed. Stay off the weed. Just like please, I think this team will be awesome if Josh Gordon's just that big body running up the middle, and you have DK Metcalf, who's turned out to the guy's like uh, he could be a Pro Bowler this year as a rookie. Yeah, the body of Zeus. Body of Zeus and Tyler Lockett, who doesn't have the body of Zeus, just, he has the hands of God. Yeah, this is, this is a weird analogy. I don't know. Today. I didn't know uh, Tyler Lockett has 
found a way to move himself into a top five NFL receiver conversation. I know. It's pretty cool. I know we've had people people love um like people love the whole crowning people in the top five lists. Like right. uh, Odell Beckham, top five receiver, uh, this guy who's Amari Cooper for the Cowboys, AJ Green, Antonio Brown. Who right now is the best receiver in the NFL? Mike it, Evans. But Mike Evans. Okay, statistically, Mike Evans mm-hmm. and potential Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, you got guys like DeAndre Hopkins, who are supposed to be these amazing superhumans, never drop the football. Mm-hmm. Statistically, they both have good quarterbacks. I think Tyler Lockett's having a better year. I think so. AJ too. Green hasn't stepped onto the field. Antonio Brown's out of the NFL. Uh, Odell Beckham has no touchdowns on the year. One touchdown on the year. One touchdown. Sorry. Tyler Lockett's on. Uh, this is Tyler Lockett. I mean, I was if I was here. Let's play. Let's play. Wouldn't you rather have Tyler Lockett than Odell Beckham Jr. Attitude wise, and just like everything, the value the whole package, a hundred and fifty percent. Yeah, like this is how you build a winning team by getting guys like Tyler Lockett that aren't going to go out there and be like, oh, I want to wear yellow panda cleats before the game and after the game and during the game that are banned by the NFL and make a big deal out of it. Before the game stuff's not banned by the NFL. Players, I think Tyler Lockett... No, no, what I mean is like, like not listen to the protocol after and like do your own thing and then talk about how the NFL is against you and all that. So like... Tyler Lockett's just a great dude and a great football player, and that's the type of guys you like to build around. Tyler Lockett's also had 59 catches for 767 yards and six touchdowns. How much? Sorry? 60, 59 catches, 767 yards, and six touchdowns. And we're what? We're six and Nine two? games, yeah. Nine games? Seven so, and two. So Halfway mark. Basically. Okay, so he's on pace for over a hundred catches. He's on pace for a, this is this is that was okay. That was this. trying to do the. He's on pace for a hundred and four catches and a thousand three hundred and sixty three receiving yards, which would both be franchise records. And I think ten touchdowns, maybe to eleven touchdowns, more, probably ten, uh, whatever, eleven, eleven touchdowns, yeah. and that that'd be franchise records beating Doug Baldwin's reception records and Steve Largent's single season receiving yards to have over a thousand yard receiving season let yet alone is mm-hmm. an amazing and, feat. Yeah. He's just amazing and stop putting him in punt return. So he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. That's the last thing I'm gonna say about Tyler Lockett. I'm not a fan of that. Me too. I, I know you pointed it out to me yesterday and I was like, yeah, you're right, dude. There's no need to have your best receiver Going out and getting three-yard punt returns. Yeah. First of all, I love Tyler Lockett. He's not that great at it. No. No. And if he was like, what was if it was like on? ten years ago, it was like Devin Hester. Put him out there. Yeah. Or if it was ten years ago when it was possible to return things for touchdowns, it's pretty hard right now in the NFL in general. Put put a special team guy out there. I agree. Put Rashad Penny or something. I don't know. I mean, well, Sam, you want to see what you said about Rashad Penny yesterday? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let me say this. Well, let me give you one more stat, and then I'm gonna say that. All let right. me give you one more stat because. Uh, this was supposed to be my stat hour. Um, I'll give you a good stat here. You ready, George? You're going to give me stats for an hour now? No, stat hour is, means like a couple minutes. Stat hour means... You ready? Yep. Tell me when you're ready. I'm ready. All right. Russell Wilson. Listen to what he has so far this year. 2,505 passing yards. Okay. 25 touchdowns with one pick and 118 QBR. So he's on pace for almost 49 touchdowns. In around 4,800 yards. Wow. 
And he'd throw two picks. I, I mean, if he stays on this pace, he'll be flirting with the record for most touchdowns in a season. Flirting with it. I'm not yeah. saying he's going to get it, but he'll flirt. Flirting. Here's the list of NFL players to throw at least 22 touchdowns in one pick or fewer I saw at th- any point in the season. I can't guess some of them. Nick Foles? No. Here's the list of NFL players to throw 22 touchdowns with one pick or fewer at any point in a season. Russell Wilson. Yes. That's the whole list. Okay, that's what <laughs> Nick Foles had 19 touchdowns that year. I, oh yeah, I knew it was close. Wow, that's pretty cool. Good for you, Russ. Last one right. with five touchdown passes and zero interceptions. Russell Wilson has 22 passage passes. Never mind. At 22 it, touchdowns and one it the interception. Same. It's, it's the, the same, same stat. <laughs> that was the wrong one. <laughs> sorry, sorry, my friends. <laughs> you just keep going. With it. I was reading the rest of it. I was like, with, that's all right. With five touchdown passes, yeah. Russell Wilson now has 22 touchdowns. Who's passes. on that list? <laughs> with only one interception. All right, I got the last one I was going to get. In the fourth quarter since 2012, Russell Wilson threw a touchdown pass. I made it 22 touchdown passes with one interception. Who's on the list? I'm going to restart to not confuse people. One thing you guys will learn about George is he doesn't know when to end a joke. It just keeps going. He's going to do it at some point in this sentence, right? No, I won't. In the fourth quarter since 2012, passing touchdowns, 72, the most in the NFL, okay. in the fourth quarter. And he has, since 2012, 30 game-winning drives, which is also the most in the NFL. 30 game-winning drives in nine seasons. Eight seasons. That, seven seasons, I'm sorry. 2012, 2019. Six and a half seasons. Mm-hmm. 30 game-winning drives. Two things. One, that's awesome. Secondly, let's can stop we, being in that yeah, close again. Say cardiac kids, anyone? What's that mean? Cardiac, like heart, cardiac's a heart attack. I mean, what are the cardiac kids? This is fucking team. Oh, I mean, the kids. I thought that was like a music group or something. Because like kids. No, know, just this team gives me like a damn heart attack every time. Thirty gaming drives in six and a half years. That's too many to have. That's like six, seven a year. <laughs> yeah, it really is. That's a lot. That's too much. Yeah, like let's have less close games. All right, I'm last inter- topic. No, I just want to know what. Yesterday, Rashad Penny came on the field yeah, for a month. Okay, topic. cool. That's your last topic. All right, I, I just want to like, remind you because I never laughed so hard. I looked at Jordan and I was like, "You know what I've noticed about Rashad Penny? I started off very calmly, you know. You know what, George? You know what I noticed about Rashad Penny? What was that, Sammy? Seems like every time he's on the field, nothing good happens. Yeah, and that was all I had to say. Yeah, but then we'll be like, oh, remember that time he ran a 55-yard touchdown? Yeah, 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 I get it. And he doesn't say he's not like literally like and never, nothing has ever good happened. But I mean like when Carson's did. out there or when we used to have backups like McKissick mm-hmm. and random guys out there, more things happen. What I've noticed is every time I see a negative run or a dropped you know, screen pass, I'm like, huh. That was Rashad Penny. Yeah. I think we're living a little too long on the fact that, oh, we took a first-round pick on him. Screw it. If he sucks, he sucks. Yeah, he just doesn't seem to be that good. But now he's also been injured a lot. Like, he hasn't had – I'd like to see Rashad Penny, like, get, like, a six-week stretch of, like, healthiness and then make a decision on him. But, hey, some guys are fragile, man, and that doesn't really change. It's not like – I just don't feel like as a running back, later on in your career, you get more healthy. Yeah, it just gets worse. Yeah. It's like a big man in for a guy that, for a guy that's unhealthy. Yes, not saying he's an unhealthy human. Just make people make sure they know. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I have one more thing to talk about. All right, because it's very important. Um, Jason Myers, our kickers. Uh, they're saying they're staying with him. Yeah. Do you think you should stay with them at this point? Because there's a lot of teams that do find 
better kickers middle of the year. I, I, for most positions, you'd say, like, no, it's the middle of the season. But I, I say no, stick with him. It sucks. He sucks. This sucks watching him kick. But, it's man, it's hard to find kickers. Like, how many kick Like, the Colts, Adam Vinatieri missed game-winning. Like, I feel like every week, the Bears last week missed a game-winning field goal. Every week, I feel like we missed someone's missing game-winning field goal somewhere. Earlier in the year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who we played yesterday, and we haven't, haven't said anything. I just want to do say... I'm glad Jameis played a good game. I love Jameis Winston, but that has nothing to do with this, what I'm about to say right now. They missed a game-winning kick earlier in the year from their kicker, and they stuck with them. People miss kicks. We're watching the Monday Night Football game right now. The Giants kicker's coming out to make a field goal, and he's going to miss it probably just because I'm talking about how much kickers he's actually field goal. three for three, and he's about to go four for four. Yeah. Well, so if he goes four for four, let's trade gonna, for this guy. I'm going to say he's a buff kicker 29 buff is kicker in the league maybe 29 yards you guys should look him up Aldrich Rosas Aldrich Rosas look him up if you'd really like to he's 4 for 4 we were talking about missing extra points missing game winners not every kicker does that actually George there's a lot of kickers that have some accuracy the Cowboys kicker is the most accurate kicker in the history of the league I think and I did see something there are other kickers out there I think sometimes in like professions like, like NFL they're probably just not spending that much time sourcing out kickers. Yeah, in uh, which I, I'm surprised they don't because it's like one of the most important positions on the field. There is a guy that's available. I saw on Twitter. Young yesterday. Ho? No. On tw- he, he, I think he's on a team. A guy that's available that was on Twitter yesterday. I used to play for the University of Washington Huskies. Cameron Van Winkle. Okay. Do you remember him? The Van Winkle was a yeah. kicker like three, four years ago. Turns out he's the second most accurate kicker in the history of college football. Really? And he put out a video last night on Twitter. It was like a 60-yard field goal of him practicing, like making like five of them. It was like, can I get a tryout See at Seahawks? And he's been trying to get a tryout in the NFL for like three years, and he kicks 60-yard field goals. He's the second most accurate kicker mm-hmm. in college football. Don't you think maybe a team should just give him a try? Why not? I mean, what was he doing? Is he selling like insurance or something? Actually, real estate. Real estate? Cool. Yeah, you know, good for him. I'm sure he's doing well. But yeah, like, actually, he's real estate. Agent, but, but like... Why does he not get a chance to be a kicker? Yeah, I don't know. I, there, there's got to be kickers. My high school kicker, uh, Chris Slider, who played at Montana, yeah. was kicking like 50-yard field goals in in high school. Yeah, He might be better than some of these NFL kickers. I mean, I'll tell you who's not a better kicker, me. I can't kick. Yeah, kicking's hard. Odell Beckham actually is good at kicking. That's what I heard. He, he's kicked a field goal in the NFL. Oh, yeah, know? that's right. All right, we're getting off track, but the kicking sucks. The kicking sucks. Um and uh, a oh, big game is coming week. Probably do a podcast before it. This is like the biggest game of the year. Yeah, how about this? Usually we don't do like a before. We'll do like a live on uh, Periscope type of deal. Yeah, and we'll talk about the Sounders too since they're in the championship game of the MLS on the same Sunday. Day. Sunday, yeah. Yeah, but Monday, then it's Monday Night Football. Ooh, let's see. So what are we I looked this? up tickets for the StubHub uh, on StubHub for StubHub. I looked up tickets on StubHub for the Sounders uh, championship game. Take a guess, getting in price ish. Two sixty. Okay, yeah, two forty. Wow. So, huh. good guess. And the, and the upper bowls. In the upper bowl. It's a championship. But, yeah. And there's no Seahawks game. I know. MLS lucked out that it's Seattle that their team plays on a Monday, and it's Toronto who has no NFL team. They really Otherwise, do. you should not schedule at noon. I know, on a Sunday. I know it's a Seattle team, and we're a Seattle podcast, but it's also Football Sunday, and we run a sports website and sports media company. It's on the laptop screen, not the big screen, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you. And if they were – if Seahawks were playing, they would have been screwed. Oh, I would, No one would watch. So, MLS, be careful. 
Because me and George have been watching all the games. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been actually. I, I want it to be on a freaking Tuesday when there's nothing else on, and I can. It's been a quality product. Yeah. Or a Friday night. It'd be so fun on a Friday, Friday night. Friday night lights at at uh, Century Link at seven yeah. p.m. would have been fun. Everyone would have really enjoyed. Yeah, that. but we have a we have a Friday night lights this week, Sammy. The University of Washington travels to Oregon State to take on the Beavers Friday on ESPN. Husky season's over, but they they'll win this game. I, I, if we lose this game, I'm literally gonna. I, I won't care as much as I usually do because they've already ripped my soul and made me a soulless human being this year. But if they lose this game, like there's major questions about this. What what the fuck happened this season? There's already major questions. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's what the hell's going on? How how are we not getting recruits that are better than Utah and Oregon at this point when we've had better seasons and better location of a place to go yeah. to school? And we're not Mormon. Yeah, uh, I mean nothing against Mormons. Nothing against Mormons. Utah is <laughs> not a Mormon school, but uh, is it not? No, it's, it's not BYU. Brigham Young, Utah Univers- University of Utah. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> talking, right? I'm pissed. Nothing against Mormon people. No, I like Mormons. They're good people. Um, all people are good people. <laughs> yeah, that, unless you're an ISIS, <laughs> you suck. That was a questionable comment, that George. Said. Well, yeah. and they're not Mormon. That was a questionable comment. Yeah, not really. If you're offended, you don't know me. <laughs> oh, George. Uh, UW's gonna win this game. It's Oregon State. I hope so. I don't even know what the spread is, but Oregon State's 500, and we're a game above 500. Can you believe the Huskies are five and four? I believe it. They've lost a lot of games. I know. God. We're like, oh, the Cal game's going to come back and bite us in the ass. Mm-hmm. You know what's disappointing about this UW team? I have nothing to talk about with them. Me either. Because college football, when you're supposed to be a contender and you end up not being one, you don't have any positive things. I mean, when you're a bad team growing, at least you have like future stuff to talk about. Oh, look what we did. Right. This is a, a going backwards season, which is never Never a fun. Good thing. No. No. Never a good thing. Well, we ended on a somber note there. Um, we'll be back with episode 15, maybe on Saturday then, or Friday. Yeah, whatever. Not whatever, because the game's on Sunday. Uh, I mean, you whenever you we're want. Gonna go yeah, 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 I know. I'm just saying whenever you want, Friday or maybe Saturday. Maybe Friday or Saturday. Check us out at Sant Seattle on Twitter. Um, we'll try to make it go. We'll do a little, we'll do a little live thing where you guys can ask questions and stuff. So go to Sant Seattle, S-O-N-T Seattle on Twitter. Follow us there, and uh, we'll go live. Hell yeah. Or on Instagram. I'll put it on one of our phones. Oh, uh, I like that. At San Seattle as well. Um, thanks for thanks for listening. And you can go to SONT Sports. That's SantSports.com uh, for all our content and social media and whatnot. Um, and if, for those that want to know, SANT stands for Sports on Tap. And this is Sports Radio. Redefined. <laughs>